Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here, breathless (laughs) and busy today. How's your day going, Lexi? Yeah, just busy too. What have you guys been doing? Well, we've been doing a whole lot of not being home, which means now that we're home, we're busy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Spring has sprung here, and it's like 60-something degrees outside. What's the weather there? It's That's about – I think it's supposed to be 61 today. My heat's off. My windows are all open. It's beautiful. Yeah. Same here. It's a really pretty day. So it's like – the to-do list gets a mile long once once these days happen, and especially on a Saturday because Jared's home. So it's like, oh yeah, do every. There's so much to do outside. So uh, we've been I doing know. millions of things outside. And yeah, I just told Lexi that <laughs> right before we started this podcast, I realized Ransom came up yelling emergency, and I realized that uh, water from our outside spigot was running into our house <laughs> into our basement because of something that had happened with the spigot over the winter. So. Yeah, it's been it's been quite the hopping day to say the least. Jared's home though, so he, he yes. knows about. Okay, yes. <laughs> he is home. So uh, it's funny. Um, Ransom was like, "Valor, go get Dad and tell him emergency." So Valor's like, "Okay," he goes running. You know, <laughs> so cute. Yeah, and he's like, "Daddy, emergency, emergency." So <laughs> yeah, um, he's got it taken care of right now. I've got the fans going down there, so it'll get taken care of. It's just one of those, like when you think your work is done for the day and then something like that happens and it's like, oh yeah, work's never done. I need to like not even think that whenever my to-do list is done, the things are done. It's just keeps going. There's something different. I have two pear trees on my kitchen counter that have been there for two days now that I really need to do something with. That's cool. (laughs) What kind of pear trees did you get? They're Mount Shapova snacking pears okay okay so yeah we talked about getting pears um pear trees but I don't I canned pears this last um late summer from my Mm -hmm. uncle's pear tree and I I honestly don't know what to do with them because nobody really likes to snack on a pear here at my house so I've made I've made like desserts out of them and they've been really good um but we don't eat enough pears to where I could warrant it did you make pear butter no, I didn't. Oh, pear butter is so good. Is it is it like apple butter but pear? It's like apple butter but better, yeah. And apple butter is oh, really man. good, so that's oh, saying a- That does <laughs> sound really good. And apple butter uses a lot of apples, so I'm assuming that right. would use a lot of pears up. Yeah, that's, that's all cool. that I, outside of just actually eating them, because Brian loves pears, we're mm-hmm. just, I'll probably just make pear butter, because we all love that. Yum. Well, that sounds good. Okay. I'll have to try that because, yeah, like I said, my uncle's pear tree produces literally enough pears for like him and his wife. And then he's, he gave me so many this past year and gave my parents so many this past year. So a wow. pear is like one of those bang for your buck trees. I feel like you get tons. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 That's cool. We got two raspberry bushes today, which I'm pretty excited oh, about. Good. Yeah. Everybody likes So raspberry. is that what you're trying to plant? What'd you say? Is that what you're trying to plant today? Yes. Or? Yeah. Yeah. We are figuring out where we wanted to put them. Um, 
because we have tree lines on like three sides of our property and I don't know, I don't have a well-established like where things go yet here. Like I need to just get yeah. like, this is where I'm going to put like any kind of berry bushes. This is where I'm going to put any kind of fruit trees. I think it's so hard to commit to that. <laughs> it is. It is very hard. It's very hard to commit, especially when you just have like a wide open rectangle, yes. you know, it's yes. like, how do you yes. make this into a berry patch? But, oh, something exciting happened. We, so we've been planning to build a pergola around mm -hmm. our little garden box area and like kind of have this all like a little sectioned off area for like garden boxes, a little patio in the middle and have a pergola. Uh -huh. um, and so anyways, Jared was going to build us one, but lumber prices are really high right now. And he went to Sam's last night and they had uh, one of those pergolas that like it comes with all the stuff and you just put it oh, together. Yeah. yeah. And it was really cheap, like way cheaper than what we could have bought the lumber for. Oh, and it's awesome. all cedar. So yeah, he bought that. So I'm very excited. It's really pretty like big cedar pergola. So That'd be fun. Yeah, might, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna, and then I'll plant like something that will trellis over it. So I'm excited. I still think like garden design is the hardest part. It is. <laughs> I and I am. It's not natural to me at all. Like landscaping, I love plants. I love gardening. I love all that stuff. But it's not natural to me to like see how it would all look best because aesthetics yeah. are really important to me. I don't want to just like yes. have random stuff growing everywhere. Um. So yeah, that's, that's one thing with, since we've had our property that I'm like, I don't know what to do. I want a professional to come and just like, tell me where to put things. I know. <laughs> Cause I enjoy doing the work of it too. Like I like yeah. planting stuff. Um, I just yeah. don't know where to do it or what would yeah. be the best place to do it. So, and it's hard too, because like I was reading Monty Don's book and he was giving me some garden design ideas. But it's different from like a house where mm -hmm. you could yeah. potentially in an after afternoon have a room redesigned. But if you commit to a garden design, you're not actually going to see it until about 10 years. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so true. I made, I have made mistakes with landscaping already because I planted a lilac bush at like in our, our front yard. I have like a little corner that I have a lilac bush, a um, Japanese maple and an azalea bush that. Um, uh -huh. like a little corner and they're all really pretty, but they're already smashing each other. And I have to prune the lilac bush like crazy every fall. Like oh. there's gonna, a few years from now, I'm just going to have to cut it down because it will completely take over the, um, Japanese maple. So yeah, I think that's part of why there's so many good, like pictures in scripture of like the natural world and faith hmm, because yeah. it doesn't just like happen overnight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and that, that has been my problem with all things gardening and landscaping is like the growth happens quicker than what I imagined that it would. <laughs> like you buy, you buy a little bush and a little tree that's like, I don't know, six inches tall. And you're like, these are really spaced out. We'll have plenty of room. And then oh, yes. three years later, you're like, this is gigantic and overtaking everything. Um, yes. Which I think is a good spiritual metaphor. Like we should see in faith that things will be more fruitful than what we imagine from something yes, tiny. That's true. Anyways, was that enough of an icebreaker for you? Are you <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have a real talk this week because we've been so busy. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah, that's what I feel like everything is right now is like going 900 miles an hour. <laughs> so we're actually going to talk about sex today. Yay. Yeah. Did we get this as a question or why did we, what was, why are we talking about this? Um, I don't think we got it as a question. I think I was just thinking okay. one day that it might be helpful to talk about. 
Okay. So why are we talking about sex? Isn't this a private issue, Lexi? Why would we talk <laughs> about sex on our podcast? Well, I mean, yes, it is a private issue. And so in some ways we do need to be careful about the way we talk about yeah. it, but we are a vastly, well, we're discipled by Hollywood when it comes to sex. Right. So right. because of that, in some ways we're trying to really re, not recondition people, but just disciple them and apply the Christian worldview to this. Mm-hmm. And I do think purity culture has really messed up a lot of this too. And so we're yeah. almost trying to reprogram some of what the church has taught us, but also take away what we know about our bodies from the porn industry, from Hollywood, from our parents talking or not talking to us about it, like mm-hmm. all of it. So yeah, I think it's very, very, I mean, honestly, a lot of, not so much anymore, maybe as our church is maturing into a different season, but very early on, most of our counseling as a couple was sex counseling, which I had not anticipated. (laughs) Yeah. It's usually like sex and finances are the two big um, issues that uh, married couples deal with. So if it is something that's very common that's dealt with amongst married couples, if we pretty much... uh, for the most part, talk to married women, um, then maybe we could be an encouragement to our listeners uh, with this episode. And that's what we hope to do. We hope to be an encouragement in this. We hope to uh, bring more joy and freedom in marriage. And um, hopefully this will be a way that you can be more of a help to your husband, just kind of thinking through through it biblically and a way to honor God even with this. So um, before we start, maybe I should just preface it with saying we're talking about sex within marriage, obviously. Um, We're not talking about uh, a sinful form of marriage, which would be outside of marriage. Uh, Did I say marriage? A sinful form of sex, which would (laughs) be outside. No fornication, no adultery. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's what, that's not what we're talking about here. So, So I kind of broke it up in three categories here of um, some things that I wanted to talk about in terms of okay. sex life of the marriage wo- a married woman. Um, and feel free to like interrupt me or whatever, but I'm going to yeah. kind of go through what I was thinking. So I thought first thing we could talk about is um, the responsibility aspect behind sex, because I don't think that that is something that um, a lot of women think about going into marriage, that this actually is part of our duty, if you will say. Um, and, and, uh, I think that if we kind of had the mindset of like, okay, this is part of the way that I help my husband and this is a part of my job, then, um, then we'll look at it with different eyes than our culture of self-indulgence and only do what you feel like doing in the moment. Cause that's, that's kind of what our culture teaches us about sex, isn't it? Like, well, yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that people, especially like with premarital counseling, they just kind of assume you're going to be like rabbits and you're going to know what to do. Yeah. So then when you're either not having a lot of sex because you're not good at it and that's okay if you're not good at it, but also just like you're saying, we don't realize it's something that we should be taking up as part of our vocational calling as a wife Mm -hmm. because we talk about it like that. Yeah. And uh, the reason why I say that it's part of our responsibility, I say that from 1 Corinthians 7, 3. Um, yes. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to the wife, and likewise, the wife should be fulfilling her marital duties to the husband. So, yeah, there's an there's a aspect of sex that is duty-related, that it is um, <laughs> something that we ought to be doing, that we shouldn't be neglecting. 
Um, and the Bible even talks about in a couple verses later um, to not, yeah, seven, five, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. It shouldn't be something that is neglected within, within our marriage. We shouldn't, we shouldn't go extended periods of time without having sex because it does bring about temptation. Yeah. I like, I really like the verse, uh, Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. Let yeah, your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Uh, a lovely deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. If you want to see your husband obey that verse, you have to be willing to let him obey that verse. Oh, good <laughs> like, point. Yeah. Life goals, wives. Life yeah. goals, life verses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Michael Foster had a really good episode on sex that had to do with uh, this verse. Did you listen to that one ever? Yeah. 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 I liked that one. That episode. Yeah. So yeah, I recommend that one if anybody wants to look that up. But if a woman were to hear that their husband is satisfied always in her, that he's captivated by her love, that he's um, blessed by her breasts, like, isn't that something that we want our husbands to be? Yeah. So I think that I think that would be like a such a compliment that our husband would say something like that about us. Um, but that takes us being willing for them to do those things to be satisfied. Yeah. So though that can't happen, like that kind of a compliment towards the wife can't happen if the wife isn't willing for it to happen. I think too, like just I know as awkward as it is, we need to be talking and in regular communication as husbands and wives, um, talking about like how to foster a creative sex life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not legislating anything here. I'm just saying, I think part of the key to that, um, a husband being satisfied is, are you as a wife, do you feel shame over your body? Are you willing to show your body to your husband? Like these are, these are gospel related issues that a lot of the time we just kind of gloss over because we're embarrassed to talk about it, but really we need to really recover open communication between husbands and wives. So I'd even say, just go ask, like, yeah. go talk to your husband, ask him, say, disciple me in this. I don't really know. I mean, that's what's helped us so much is just my husband being willing to guide me and lead me in this. So yeah. me also being willing to be led. Yeah. That that's something that Jared and I have talked about before. I, I will just like straight up ask him questions. Like, how do you yes. feel about this? <laughs> and, and I think just having a good humor and a good um, attitude about it and, and, and smiling and saying, Hey, yeah. I want to be a blessing to you. I want this to be yeah. fun for both of us. Like smile, be happy. Um, and, and just ask questions and, and uh, yeah, don't take yourself too seriously about it. Yeah. Brian's always reminding me like wives have no idea how much power they hold over their husbands. If they would just be cheerfully sexual. Yeah. Is that the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> that's a way, that's a weird way to put it. Uh, no, I think I hospitable, think... sexually hospitable. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Sexually hospitable. Is your bed hospitable right now? Or is yeah, it, seriously. is it not a welcoming place? Um, okay. And so then there's also the area of submission when it comes to your sex life. Is your life only about you or <laughs> Or are you submitting to your husband and wanting to be a helper to him? And I thought 7-4 went along with this. The wife's body does not belong to her alone. 
but also to her husband in the same way the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. So there is a aspect of mutual submission here in this verse mm -hmm. that we are considering others more significant than ourselves. The husband is um, considering his wife more significant than himself. And likewise, the wife is considering the husband more significant than herself. Um, and when we talk about submission, uh, I, I want to take away the notion that submission um, is like a resignation because it's not. Oh, yeah. Submission yeah. is a very active and um, uh, constructive. Yes. Yeah. And like a powerful thing for a woman to be doing yeah. because how easy is it to just only do what you want to do? That's super easy to do. <laughs> To just, if I'm only going to do what I want to do, that's not difficult at all, but it actually takes strength, yeah. takes strength to, um, yeah. to be submissive. And, and like, uh, Elizabeth Elliot uses the illustration of the sailboat that a sailboat, um, is at its true strength and potential whenever it submits to the wind. So, uh -huh. and so likewise in that, like we show our true strength and potential whenever we are submitting first to God. And yeah. how do we submit to God? By obeying his word. And his word tells us to submit to our husbands. So in that, we see strength from the woman. And so submission also in our sex life. Like, what? ask your husband, like, what do you hope that our sex life looks like? What, mm -hmm. what areas are, do you think it could be better? Um, and, then, and then considering him more significant than yourself. Like, if you, and I'm, and, okay. A lot of this has to do between you and your husband. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know what? I don't even need to go down that trail. I don't even go to just between you and your husband. A lot of this is, uh, I have a thought about this though. Go ahead. Um, I think part of why women don't ask those questions is maybe because they're assuming falsely that they should already be equipped to want to do all those things or to naturally know what a man likes. Um, but I really do think if we start looking at sex as a skill to grow in, it kind of helps us take away some of that defensiveness of, well, I don't want to talk about that. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, like approach these conversations with an open mindset in the sense of God can help me grow into this type of a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and then my third thing when it comes to this is delight that, um, I had Proverbs 5, 18 and 19 on there too, 18 and 19 written under delight that our sex life should be a delight, um, to us and to our husbands that this is actually a gift. Like God could have made sex a lot different than what he did, but he didn't, he chose to make it to where it should be a delight to us. Um, Song of Solomon, you see that it is a delight, um, that we actually are giving ourselves as a gift to our husband. So don't be a jerk about this gift that you're giving. <laughs> don't, don't make it be a gift that you're begrudgingly giving. Like that's not fun at all. Um, how fun is it to receive a gift that someone didn't actually want to give you? Not very no. fun at all. <laughs> no, so, no, so no. Try to chill out a little bit about it. If that is how you're approaching sex, chill out a little bit about it. Um, I don't know what makes you chilled out. Drink a glass of wine, smile, enjoy the gift that you're giving your husband and think of it like that. Think of like, this is a joy to him. 
um, that I am giving this. And like that, that is really sweet and cool when you think about like, this is a gift that I can give him. I can help him. I mean, there's a lot of, if you look into like health benefits of sex, if you want to think about it that way, whatever helps you, but like you're giving him a gift, you're being a helper to him in a lot of different ways. So, um, maybe cultivate that mindset when you're thinking about sex. Yeah. Something that my friends, like just in my group of friends, we've kind of just fostered like it wouldn't be weird for a friend to come to me and say hey pray for me in the area of our sex life it's been it's it's just become a normal part of female um discipleship and encouragement and sharpening among one another Mm -hmm. and so i guess i would just encourage if somebody out there is struggling with this like go find a trusted woman yeah who you admire the way she treats her husband because you know there's some wives that are, I mean, it can be awkward to talk about this, but I can think of one friend off the bat who was always talking about ways she was trying to pursue her husband. And I'm not even talking about sexually at all, but she is someone I would trust to go ask questions about this topic too. Um, so just seek how you can recover talking about it because I think not talking about it just kind of feeds the sin issues, both in the men and the women sexually, but it also keeps it like almost like there is this one part of our life that the gospel can't touch and yeah. therefore we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and, and when we choose not to talk about it, we're almost saying that sex itself is shameful and, exactly. and it's not like, um, the way Hollywood portrays sex is shameful, but sex between a married couple, the way that God designed it is not shameful. It's beautiful. And it's something that we can talk about and um, that we can ask for help. And so like, if you're having issues personally, ask for help. Yes. Like seek out mentorship in that, but don't, don't just be content with it being drudgery or, Mm -hmm. um, or having some kind of issue forever, because honestly, our marriage is for the long haul. Like this is long. So, um, you know, as we, we show that we're, we have loyalty to God, loyalty to our husband. We know that we're going to be in this forever. Um, how, how can we, for the rest of our life, make it better? Like if they're having some issues in this moment, let's, let's like see this as a lifelong thing and keep growing in it and getting help and getting counsel. Yeah, I think we'd be embarrassed at the open eroticism among the Puritan spouses. Like, if you just go read some of um, Anne Bradstreet's poetry to her husband, (laughs) it puts all porn stars to shame. Just the respect and the grace and the, like, attraction between femininity and masculinity. We just don't understand that anymore because it's so... Uh, neutered, but it's also just so warped that it, we're just not used to seeing it, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, just, um, I don't know, go read some, go read some Puritan marriage stuff. Cause it really will be like eye opening to you, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So do you have any other resources when it comes to this topic that you would recommend for wives if they're having? Um, I, I've recommended the Googe trilogy, the William Googe trilogy before on like home and family life. The roles in there are really good. I, I also really like, we're about to start J.R. Miller's book, Homemaking with our reading group. It goes over under multiple titles, but that's one way to find it. I just really like, I don't even know how to describe it. Just 
reminding women, like you, it's okay to be attracted to your husband. It's okay to put on a beautiful dress and to want him to want you. This is your job. Like set, set the home atmosphere for your husband. Um, be cheerful to your children so that your husband just wants to be home among all of these cheerful people. And those, those are the things that I think we forget about. Yes, the husband can help set the mood by doing the dishes, but you can also help set the right. mood by being pleasant to him when he walks in the door from work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and, I, those are kind of two I'd recommend, I guess. Okay, cool. And I will say, I know that there is a lot of issues surrounding this. Like, we don't want to make this seem like it's not um, a deal for some people. Because I know that there is a lot, a lot that is surrounding this topic. So, you know, I I would just recommend pray, seek counsel, get help. Because I know we're, we're talking about it as like, um, come on wife, don't make it drudgery. But you know, there are some cases where maybe the husband like doesn't want to have sex or like there are, are there other issues that go along with this? And, and I'm not saying that those don't exist. This is, we talk to women. So this is, this is our side of it talking to the women in the marriage. So if it is an issue with like your husband, just encourage him to seek counsel and seek prayer and, Mm -hmm. um, and you continue to pray, um, asking the Lord for help in this issue. I think people, um, I counseled a gal who had, um, experienced some sexual abuse in her pretty recent history before marriage. And it was very, very, very hard for them to have sex in multiple ways. It was hard for them. But I think what happens with women when they do experience issues is they kind of resort to, okay, then we're just not going to have sex. And it's very important to realize that that's not the answer. This has to be worked through somehow. Yeah. So yes, there are, there are so many circumstances out there that just make this weird, mm-hmm. but just know as a wife, like that's how you apply the, the gospel in one way. Like we have to redeem the way we look at our bodies, not be ashamed of them, not be ashamed of our sex drive, but also you don't deserve, like our husbands don't deserve to have a good sex life. It's grace. Right. But you also don't deserve to be going to spend eternity with Christ. It's right. great. So you have to look at it like you're saying, Jordan, it's a gift you're giving to somebody. Yep. Right. That was everything I had written down. Anything else you got? Um, I don't, I mean, <laughs> not for this platform. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts about this, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Well, those were our thoughts on sex (laughs) from this angle, I shall say. Uh, But anyways, yeah, smile, drink a glass of wine, and enjoy your marriage. Yep. Bye, guys. Talk to you later.